Rallycross Conversations, chatting all things dogs and running. Join me, Michelle. Me, Louise, as we chat to guests and experts about dogs and running, sometimes whilst we are out running. Hello and welcome to this week's Canny Cross Conversations. Now this week we have Kerry from Fur and Fables on, on with us as our guest. Kerry's a dog photographer and I don't know about you, but I have lots of pictures of Pickle on my iPhone. <laughs> some good, some not so good. So today we're going to learn about how to take some really good photos outside Canny Crossing, um, which I hope um, we'll get to see all of your photos when you've taken up the tips that Kerry's is going to give us. So Kerry, welcome along and thank you for coming. Um, do introduce yourself. Thanks so much for having me, ladies. Um, my name is uh, Kerry Jordan. I am a professional dog photographer. I have been for about seven years. And then before that, I was a wedding and family portrait photographer. So I've been in the business for about 10 years in total. Um, I niched down to dogs completely about two or three years ago um, and haven't looked back since. Uh, my specialism is photographing dogs outdoors in the uh, in our beautiful British countryside. Um, and so I've come across all sorts of personalities and problems with photographing dogs. So hopefully I can give you some tips today to help you with your dogs and being outside. Oh, well, it's lovely to have you here. So how did you end up niching into dogs in particular then? I kind of, it's it strange because I didn't really even think of dog photography as a career and I set up a personal page because I was taking so many uh, photographs of my own dogs, <laughs> which quickly got a, a very, very big following, but it was quite whippet specific because uh, that's my dogs, obviously. <laughs> and, um, and then I started to get commissions on uh, other people's dogs. And also for dog brands, I actually um, started photographing dog brands uh, like dog attire and dog bed things uh, through through this. And then I was at a conference, a business conference, and I had a mastermind session and the people, the experts around the table basically said to me, you're going to you're going to need to shine the light on one particular thing so that your customers aren't confused as to what you do. And I knew that if I was going to shine the light on anything, it was going to have to be dog photography. That was where my passion was. Just being around dogs and being outside was something that I enjoyed just generally. So uh, that's when I decided to niche down to dogs. Fantastic. And, and her, Kerry's photos are fantastic, especially in the Lake District where you are at the moment. <laughs> it's just uh, stunning. Yeah. Uh, what, what makes it hard, though? Because, I mean, you take some fantastic photos, but surely they're not all first shots and things like that. What, what, what makes it hard outside or for you? I think it, it's, I, I've, it's I've been doing it so long now that I actually find it quite easy. and so. I'm trying to think of the the issues that I had when I was first starting with dog photography and it was things like attention on the camera and focus on me which if you don't really know the dog is is something that can be quite tricky uh dogs not being able to be let off lead is always uh one that was was I used to struggle with whereas now I know how to take a lead out post-production Dogs not being able to sit still, uh, that's another one that used to be quite a difficult one. But with things with that in particular now, 
as long as I've got somebody who can stand in front of the dog and get them to look at them. For example, I can uh, make a funny noise and then they will look at me. Uh, so it was just things like that, really. And then it was the lighting element and learning about how different light affects the colours in your image and like how to shoot in bright sunlight, how to shoot in shade. It was all those kind of things that when I first started was a really big learning curve and uh, now just seems like second nature. Well, I think there's a lot of tips in there that I've, I've just written down some things <laughs> <laughs> already, so I know what I want to ask. <laughs> I think I've asked you this before, actually, but... Uh... So we, we canny cross, um, so we're, we're always on the go, running with our dogs, and I have a lot of photos, and I'm sure Michelle has, of my dog in front of me. Yeah, I have a lot of photos of puppies behind. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the most flattering. No, but, you, but I suppose what we're trying to do for our businesses and everything else is capture an essence of what we do, but just a dog running along, like, you know, just the dog, it's not, it's not always so good. So... We're after lots of tips, please, Kerry, <laughs> with our iPhones. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's great because um, camera photography has come such a long, like, I've, like camera phone photography has come such a long way since I started. And I, you know, I've got like a little mirrorless camera, but most of the photos that I take when I'm just out and about, because I run with my dogs um, and I also do a lot of hiking, I just stick my camera phone um, in my bag rather than anything else. So a couple of the tips um, to make a more like a cleaner image. A lot of the phones now have something called portrait mode. Uh, so it's not the orientation of the camera. So this is an actual setting on your camera. So either portrait mode or I think it's called selective focus on quite a lot. And it gives you that kind of blurry background that you get on professional digital SLRs. Uh, so that gives you a nice clean focus on your dog. But when it comes to more sort of shots of you and your dog, there's a couple of things. One people don't really think about because they try and take selfies all the time is use your self timer. So set your camera up, pop the self timer on for 10 seconds, go and set, get yourself into position and then either sort of slowly jog towards the camera or jog. I would recommend jogging across the camera because it gives you a bigger focus area for the camera to, uh, a bigger surface area for the camera to focus on. Um, an, a, an amazing one that you can get now, if you don't want to faff around with the self timer, is you can get remote controls for pretty much most phones that are really small. So they will fit into like your running, um, running trouser pockets or into a bum bag, or like if you've got a little pocket on the back of your running top, um, they're really tiny. And you can just set the camera up somewhere. I would recommend low to the ground. It gives a really nice dynamic angle. Uh, and then, yeah, you can just literally set, click the shutter with this little button that you have with you. So that's a really nice, easy tip. And they're usually under a tenor. So great for taking self-portraits while you're out and about. Um, as I've just mentioned, having the camera quite low is a really nice dynamic angle when you're doing running shots. Especially if you want to do something like really cool, like having your foot uh, closer to the camera with your dog right at the side of you uh, and your foot facing up. So you've almost got the sole of your shoe. So it gives a, a sort of element of moving forward towards the camera. Um, and then action shots, I would say a lot of cameras now do 
uh, you can do the video and it gives you the option to actually take a snapshot on the video. So you can run across the camera, come back, and you can actually, rather than screenshot a section of the video, you've got the option to um, take a like a physical image within the video. So have a look at that on, on your apps as well. What about taking with live, you know, the live, um, when you take photographs and it's live, so you get, you can edit those, can't you? Is that a way of doing it as well? Uh, yeah, I don't tend to just because the live um, images freak me out a bit. <laughs> I just don't like the movement, but that's, a, yeah, that's a definitely another option, but you've got a short, shorter window within the live. Um, photos, whereas with video, you've obviously got a little bit of a longer time frame to, to play with. Yeah, so what about, so you'd mentioned putting the phone on the ground. Would you recommend mm. using like a, tr a tripod or anything? I'm just thinking we, we might potentially end up with quite a bit of kit having to carry. Is there anything <laughs> you'd recommend for doing that? Yeah, I would. If you're going running, probably not a tripod. Um, if you've got, um, so I've got like a camera a phone wallet that I can prop up. Uh, so that's what I use. Uh, but generally, I just find like a, a fallen tree, a bench, um, anything like that, like, a, you know, a big stone. I've propped work because it's particularly windy in Cumbria. Uh, I found a couple of stones to sort of place my phone between while I'm taking photos, which actually works out quite nicely because you can see a little bit of the rocks in the in the foreground so it just gives a bit of depth with the with the, with the photos what about um uh whether you should have a phone horizontal or vertical is it because obviously for different social media platforms you need different things don't you but yeah personally i shoot quite a lot in horizontal um only because I've then got the option to do portrait whereas if you do portrait it's going to crop quite a lot when you try and do it into then oh, okay. horizontal. Um, but also I, with images in photography in general, not just for sort of canny cross and, and that kind of thing, uh, you want to give your dog something, or, or if you're in the photo, something to look into. So space to look into, try not to keep the images dead center. So maybe slightly to the left or slightly to the right, depending on which way you're facing. And uh, the only time really that I do portrait mode is if there's like a nice big open sky with lots of detail in the sky. Um, but yeah, the crop factor just means that I can crop quite easily inwards uh, with horizontal, whereas when you're doing horizontal um, and you're trying to crop to portrait, it kind of squishes the image a little bit yeah. in the size. No, no, sorry. No, no, you go on, go on, go on. <laughs> I was going to say, it's interesting you mentioned composition um, and leaving space. I guess it's kind of second nature to want to put ourselves in the centre of the image, isn't it? But actually, you get a more interesting shot if you're out to the side. Yeah, um, one of the things that I, I like to do is, is because you know, you guys are running all over the place and you've probably got some really beautiful scenery at times. So if you put yourself really small to one side and I can I can pop some examples to you so that you can put them on the, the website or what have you, um, as, well, as well as some sort of top tips as, aside from what we've been talking about. Uh, but yeah, if you have a little think about composition and what makes things more interesting, just by looking through the camera lens and just 
practicing before you take the photo, you'll be able to see that putting it slightly to one side actually makes a more interesting image than having it uh, straight in the middle. And then the other thing is um, uh, what everybody seems to do is just take a photograph of their dog while, whilst they're standing up. Uh, so uh, you're just looking down and you're photographing the ground. <laughs> Uh, whereas if you actually bring the, the camera phone right down uh, to the ground, what you're probably going to have is more scenery, more background rather than just grass or gravel. Um, so that makes a nice image too. I was, well, that's what I was going to ask you that because I was going to say, so sometimes when we're out running in groups, I do tend to sort of kneel down. I run ahead and kneel down and watch watch them come come across. And is it the same thing to keep them not to not do it straight in front of you, but to go to the side maybe and, and, and more, I'm doing a demonstration here, <laughs> more of an angle to, to get, especially if you've got a couple of dogs coming towards you, you don't want them straight on, do you? I think the, the reason that I said uh, maybe photograph from the side on is particularly with camera phones, if they're coming at you and it's quite quick, there's a very small surface area for it to focus on, which is the dog's face. Um, and then you don't get very much any, of anything else of the dog. So it's just the face. You don't get to see the body and maybe a little bit of leg. Whereas if you're photographing from the side as they're running across the camera, for example, the camera's got a bigger surface area to focus on. So it's got the whole of the dog's body. It's, you know, it's got probably got a lot of your body and things like that. So you're, you've got a better chance of getting something in shot. And when it comes to Canicross, personally and when it comes to any kind of running shot I like to see the movement of the legs of both you and the dogs which is what you're going to get if you do it sort of as they're running across the camera rather than towards the camera really nice as well if you've got the sun behind the person because it creates a silhouette that's, going that's interesting because that. I would have thought it'd be better to kind of take a photograph with the light behind you as in behind the photographer but is that is that the opposite that, of what that's, you'd recommend? It, it, that, this is what I was talking about earlier, actually, yeah. where it's like learning about the kind of light and what it does to an image. So if it's a really bright, sunny day um, with nice blue skies, what you'll find is that the, the colours might be oversaturated, so mm. they look a bit fake. And also you'll probably get a lot of squinting and quite dark shadows, depending on what angle you're shooting from. So if you go out again with your phone and just um, maybe try and look like you're taking a selfie and walk around, you'll see the dark shadows as it crosses your face as you're shooting towards the sun. Whereas if, you're, if you've got the, um, the sun behind you and you've got greenery or buildings and things like that, you'll find that you'll get a little bit of a silhouette, but actually it's a really nice, nice, even light. If you've got big blue open skies, what you'll probably find then with them with nothing to even out the brightness is that the you and the dog will go into silhouette which is a really awesome beautiful like photo especially if you get the sun like right above you or just behind you it's a really dynamic shot especially if you're running with your dogs we're going to see some great photos now aren't we we are <laughs> i really hope so <laughs> I think, and I, and I just think it's really important because I always do, as I've said before, the same sort of photo, and I get I get really frustrated with it. I, you know, I want I, I want some done. And I've had some professional ones done, um, but obviously, you know, with a proper photographer and, and knows what they're doing. So, um, but what what can we do for um, group? So, if we have got group, is there any other tips that we could for, for? Do we want one in front of the other? You know, that sort of things. What would look 
again, I just click and take away and I have loads. So any sort of tips for... Yeah, if you can do like organised shots rather than like j just trying to do it as people are running, then things like uh, staggering people. So as they're running across the camera, um, yeah, making sure that there's a little bit of a gap in between people. So you've got lots of very defined legs and arms and things like that. So it's not too clustered together. If you're getting people to run towards the camera, I would say one person a little bit further in front so that the the phone blurs out the others a little bit more. Um, so then you've got one very definite person who's in focus and then you've just got an idea of what's going on in the background. Um, so, yeah, they're what you can do if you, you're sort of trying to organise people into a group shot, which you could do sort of maybe at the start or the end of a run. Fantastic. Um, I have a question. Okay. <laughs> Why, why does this worry me? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for it. Um, so, colour of dogs. Yes. So I, I, you knew I was going to ask this one. I have a black dog and yes. it's really hard to see sort of the definition of her face. So, Michelle's got a yellow dog. She's, yeah, um, she's blonde, isn't she? She's easy to photograph when she looks at the camera, which is another question I want to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> So why why are black dogs so hard to, to uh, photograph and what sort of things should I be doing? Okay, the, the why is, is basically because uh, the, if the light's hitting it in the wrong way, it basically puts a black dog, an already dark dog, into shade. Um, so the camera's going to really find it difficult to pick up on any kind of contrast within the dog. So there's two things that I would recommend. Um, First of all is putting your dog in shade uh, and getting it facing towards the light. So, for example, if, you, if you've got a tree nearby or uh, like a big row of bushes, getting your dog with its back facing towards the tree stump or the bushes and facing out towards the main bit of light. Mm -hmm. and what you'll probably see, it's a good indication of, of you know, how the, well the, your dog's being lit, is you'll see little catch lights in their eyes, so little bright spots in their eyes and that's when you kind of know that the light's hitting your dog a little bit better so definitely um in shade um if it's a really really bright sunny day i would definitely say don't face them towards the sun uh, it's not comfortable for your dog your dog isn't gonna look particularly comfortable on camera um what i would say is try and find something dark to photograph it against and i know this seems counterintuitive but yeah. believe me the camera will pick up on this um so that the sun is behind their head far away as possible as as possible from the dark object and do it that way um and then what you'll find is that the dog is being put into shade but because you've got a darker background it will even out the, the camera's trying to even out the light versus dark so if you've got dark and dark it should actually bring up the exposure for you. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I'm just thinking about, I, I know I've, I've taken some quite good photos of her, but it's probably, and I'm going to have a look at them soon. And just, well, that's, and I wonder if I've just done that without realising it. Yeah, that's a really good thing to do, actually, Louise. Um, that's a really good point is if you're struggling with photographing your dog, have a look through your old images and see what you did before that will give you an indication as to what to do going forward rather than thinking you're doing trial and error all the time. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, 
I've I've got some actually. So yeah, no, very very good. I like that. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we get our dog's attention on us then? It, say if we're out and there's a nice viewpoint and we want a photograph of our dog not running. Because mine just wants to go, 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 go. And getting her attention on me can be quite hard sometimes. Have you got have you got any tips? Particularly because mine is one of those dogs who's always on the lead as well. So yeah. I have to kind of hold on to her and photograph at the same time. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, if your dog needs to be on lead all the time, as long as it's safe to do so, see if you can um, pop it, because your guys will probably be on harnesses. Uh, see if you can pop it round um, like a... a a tree stump or stuff like that so then you can actually move away from your dog and because you're moving away from your dog probably going to have the focus on you uh, the ones that i use on my shoots are usually noises that i make so try and make a noise that your dog hasn't heard before that doesn't associate with anything so the, this will hopefully come across okay on the <laughs> podcast um, but i use the, the, a few of the ones that i use are things like can't do that. Uh, and meowing, uh, making a duck noise, anything that's going to pique your dog's attention and you might get that nice little head tilt. Um, if you take treats with you, crinkle the packet. Uh, I use crisp packets because they're easy to fold up and they're very noisy. Um, and then the other thing is, is if your dog has a trigger word at home, what I call a trigger word or a trigger phrase, so things like, do you want to go for my guys will be like what yes i do i do <laughs> i do want to or would you like a yes i would like a treat yes yes and they will focus on me so have a think about any trigger words that normally gets your dog's attention uh, that you can use while while you're taking photographs well they're brilliant tips yeah <laughs> i remember that dinner dinner that's her trigger word yeah <laughs> <laughs> We'll just go out running just before and then that will really work, won't <laughs> um, My, I have to say, Pickle will sit really well. And if she's got something in her gaze, she will sit really well. So I can I can focus her to, to a certain extent. So, um, yeah, she's pretty good at that. She's so used to having a, a photograph taken these days. So. Oh, bless her. Um, oh, that's, that sort of gives her, that's reminded me, actually. If your dog is very, very treat motivated, hold a treat above the camera or a ball yeah. above the camera. Um, and just makes short, sharp movements, so it looks like you're about to throw something that usually gets attention to. And actually, that would work if you're canny crossing and wanting to get some really good sort of really pulling photos, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I think we're going to have. I'd, I'd like people to, if they've listened to this and give this a go out. I would love to see their tag us in and tag yes. at firm tables in as well. Because oh, I'd love that. I'd love to see the photos, and I, I'm happy to answer any questions if there's any frustrations when they're trying it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all going to have to have a go at canny cross ones now. Um, have you got any other questions, Michelle? Because I'm uh... um, no, it was just about editing, really. I mean, we see a lot of filters, don't we? Especially mm. on social media. What's your thoughts on those? Uh, it's it really depends on personal preference. I used to use filters all the time when I first started. I never use them now. Um, because I know very, very simple tips to to sort of just to help with the images. Most very, very basic camera software now and photograph software, usually that you just get on your phone, didn't need to download anything fancy, will give you options for things like uh, brightness, contrast, 
and um, temperature. So the, the basic things that I usually do are, are bring down highlights, which is if something looks a bit bright in the whites, um, I will probably bring down the shadows a little bit. I will up the contrast, which just basically means the difference between the, the darks and the lights. So it makes the blacks a bit poppier and the, 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 the white bits a bit poppier. Um, and I usually bring up the temperature. And um, as I said before, even on a camera phone, what the camera is trying to do is even everything out. So it will even everything out to a very even temperature, a very even light. So if there's really bright highlights and really dark low lights, it's going to really struggle, but it will try and get that even, that evenness with the light. Um, so yeah, I just kind of move this, the sliders on those and see what works for me. Um, and that's usually how I get the, 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 the sort of more natural looking photographs. And sorry, do you do that in editing or do you do that? Because there's some things you can change on your iPhone, aren't there, before you take the photo? Yeah. So on a lot of phones, what you can do now is if you do have quite a, like a contrasty um, scene, what you can do is tap the phone. And what you probably see is the little sun icon, which is the brightness. So if it's really particularly bright, you can bring it down. And if your dog's moving around a bit and your camera's struggling, you can actually click and hold and it will hold, it will lock the brightness and the focus. So it will just keep that focus in, and the brightness in that area. Um, but no, I usually use, I, I use Lightroom um, on my phone. But yeah, if you go into your gallery after you've taken the photo, those options are usually there on even the simplest. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's, there's such good cameras now, aren't there? We can do such a lot with them. But now now we've listened to all these tips, hopefully we'll be doing less editing in future because we'll know exactly <laughs> where to position our dogs. We'll be going out for really long canny crosses, but not actually doing much running. <laughs> oh, anyway, my, my phone is full of photos, honestly. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's that's one of the beauties of the camera phone, isn't it? Is that you can take lots and just delete later. Yeah, that's if anybody actually deletes, because I'm yeah. terrible at that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Actually, one, one last question I've got. Uh, when, you, when you're taking some of other people running with mm -hmm. their dogs, would you take loads at once? Because that's sometimes what I do. I just take loads to see what I get. I think well, with a camera phone, yes, I, I would, um, only because it's really difficult to see what's going on so if it's a portrait shot i wouldn't take 20 photos of the same thing i'd take one or two to make sure that there's no blinking or drool or yeah. <laughs> dogs obviously not yeah. people <laughs> <laughs> um but when you're doing action shots with a phone yeah again a lot of the phones are so advanced now that you can actually just go in and select the ones that you want and then delete the rest so that you don't end up with thousands upon thousands but absolutely if you're taking photographs of other people you just you, it's moving too quickly you can't see what's happening on your phone so i would take the, the, the sort of burst mode of maybe yeah. five or ten in a in a second yeah now that's, that's what i tend to do but i just yeah wondered what you what you thought brilliant Excellent. Well, I don't know about you, but there's been loads of tips in there and we definitely will be going out. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I can't wait to see all the pictures that people are going to No, take me either. I'm very excited. <laughs>
<laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Kerry, for joining us on uh, this, this week's Canny Cross Conversations. I think it's something we can all practice during the summer, whether our dogs are off lead as well, you know, if, because we're not Canny Crossing quite as much um, at the moment. Um, and uh, yeah, just just do let us uh, see your photos, tag us in. And um, but all Kerry's information will be in the notes below. So do do check her out the photographs are amazing especially on your social media so um yeah it's it's fantastic so thank you very much don't forget to like and um share our podcasts and um we will see you on the next episode <laughs>